Warning, this 26th and potentially final installment of Spyrokin Review Podcast's Spawn Marathon will contain adult language, mature situations, a mask-wearing villain with a devastating goal, a new MI6-007 agent, the return of Felix Leiter, some amazing set pieces, some very familiar music, and the final film for Daniel Craig's James Bond. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Spark in motion picture review, James Bond, 007, No Time to Die. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin Motion Picture Review. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjourno, and what's up? Hey, it's Greta. And we're back again for another fun-filled episode, and this is going to be kind of cool because this is the final installment of the long-awaited James Bond-a-thon that we started all the way back in 2020 in the beginning of the year. Yeah, we started it because it was going to be a ramp up to this movie and this movie kept getting postponed. It has and we finally There's have that reached little it. thing called COVID. Yes. So we finally got here. It's been so long and since it just came out recently, this is going to be a spoiler light episode. So it's going to be more So if you movie. haven't seen it, it's okay. We may have some spoiler talk after a certain point, but we're going to get there. But beforehand, remember uh, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin, or some podcasts inventing reviews about connectly enhanced narrative, is a geeky podcast that talks about nerdy things. Uh, since the motion picture review, obviously we're talking about... Movies! And since the James Bond-a-thon, we're talking about... James Bond. And you can check out any of the other installments of the James Bond-a-thon at www.spirekin.com We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, and various other social media sites. And if you go to spirekin.com, we actually have a tab for the James Bondathon. So you can just click it and just look at all the different episodes. We've done a lot of them. 26 of them, in fact. And I know some of you are saying, this is the 25th James Bond film. Yeah, but we also included Never Say Never Again, and we were debating on doing Casino Royale, the one with Peter Sellers, but in the end... It felt like it would do a disservice because we've been kind of serious and we've had fun and we've gone through this very large thing with James Bond from the beginning. Because we started out with Dr. No and seeing that original James Bond played by Sean Connery who is the man who's like, like, you've had your six and just kill a guy right there. Going through through the Roger Moore era where Roger Moore was kind of zany and weird and very quippy. And we cannot forget... A little campy, some might say. Yep, a little campy. We can't forget George Lazenby's one-time stint, which could have been really good, except he quit right afterwards. And he was pretty good, actually. It's just, he's a little weird in the movie. But it has some of the most emotional beats in the series and actually is one of the best composed stories. It's just George Lazenby's George Lazenby. I mean, him spending 10 minutes looking at a porno mag while a computer unlocks a safe is kind of sketchy. But anyway. Well, I think it's also, you know, hard to follow Sean Connery. True. That's why Sean Connery came back. But then we have Timothy Dalton, who is arguably the most brutal of all the Bonds. And I mean brutal in a bad way. I mean, he's physically the one who's like, I'm going to kill you. And there's no questions asked. Because James Bond has a license to kill. Yes. And then we had everyone's favorite. 
Pierce Brosnan, who is... Not everybody's favorite. Yeah, he is a favorite, but not everybody's favorite. He's very charismatic, and he is a James Bond who gets things done. It's just a shame that his later films became full of quips. But as, his pun game was very strong. Very strong. But as you pointed out, his it, that wasn't the problem with the films, because half the films are composed really well, just some kind of And Halle apart. Berry was a very hot Bond girl. But, that's a, but half of that movie is a garbage movie. True. The other half is puntastic, full of beautiful people. Oh, the beginning you like, but we talked about that in that episode. Where actually, you were not in that episode. Nope. But let's get to where we are now with Daniel Craig, where they did something very different. They have actually had five films. And this is the fifth direct sequel of the Daniel Craig Bond films. So these were sequentially in order, and they followed James from when he was first a double O agent to the point where he's at now, where they have a time jump of, was it seven years? Something like that. It's seven-year time jump. So it's been a while since he was that new double O. Yeah, he's experienced. He's an older double O now. Yes. But let's actually get into some of the nitty-gritty beforehand. So this movie was directed by... Kerry Junji Fukunaga, who did Godzilla, and he's a very good director. And I he... feel like if we say he did Godzilla, you have to say he did Godzilla. Well, we're, we're not uh, Ken Watanabe. However, he joined after Danny Boyle. Yes, that Danny Boyle who does all the crime movies quit. And this movie's been kind of in a little bit of, it was done in 2019, but they kept pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. Before COVID, it got pushed back. Before COVID, it got pushed back for understandable reasons. And I'm, dare I say, I'm happy they pushed it back so that we could have a premiere and do it, like, justice. I'm glad it didn't just, like... Uh, I see what you're saying, and I agree with you that it did take that time because it was so much going on because it got pushed back because of all of the little stupid things happening from COVID-19 and... Uh, all the issues with the director and with the musicians and overall, you know, he, I think that he did a decent job with the film. It feels like a Bond movie. Oh yeah. And his visuals are well done. The shots are composed well. I think it's, there's some jump cuts, but not too many. No, but it's hearkening to the older James Bond. I think it's hearkening to the, uh, Sean Connery, George Lazenby era. It feels like it's like a love letter to it. And there are some elements that are totally old school James Bond. Especially with a sequence in Havana, which feels like a real villain meeting as opposed to, as we talked about in our last movie in, in Spectre, where it's, we're all meeting secretly in this secret thing and look like a weird cult. This is, in Havana, they were at a party. And they're just kind of like evil menacing. Kind of worked a little better. Anyway. And plus, before I go on any kind of rant or whatever, at the the actual per, the world premiere in London. Well, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're going over the basic people yet. You can. I know you want to talk it about it. It was totally worth Duchess Kate, who I still have a problem with that because she married a prince. She should be a princess. But Duchess Kate, that's the most Bond woman gown someone could wear. She crushed it she in my mind is honorarily in the movie because of that okay Okay. continue anyway so next we have the screenplays by neil purvis once again who's been writing this story about james and i gotta say i'm getting real tired of this story for some reason it's not feeling like james bond 
anymore. I mean, it does, but comparatively, compared to the old stuff, I prefer that old. It's serialized, and there's no real content. There's continuity, but there's no like. Like they all fit together, but you don't have to necessarily watch them in order. Yeah, this is a little too. Bop, 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 bop. And also how this story goes, it's a little nihilistic because of how they set things up. Okay. It's like they wrote it with a with a specific purpose in mind because of reasons, and I don't like that. But anyway. I'm so, trying to be really good and be super spoiler light. Oh, we're going to be spoiler light. Don't worry. But anyway, this is based on James Bond by Ian Fleming, produced once again by Michael G. Wilson and Barbara Broccoli. But when it opens up, who do they tribute the movie being produced by? Albert Broccoli. Broccoli. Yes, Cubby. They mentioned him finally once again. So happy about that. Uh, cinematographer was Linus Sangren, and Linus did a good job. Yeah. Uh, I think that the visuals are great. There's no jump cuts. There's no issues with the continuity. I think it's well done. And some of the sequences were shot for IMAX. So if you don't watch an IMAX, you're going to miss some stuff, which kind of <sighs> pisses me off a little bit. because Well, now we had to go watch it again. Yeah, true. And then the music is by Hans Zimmer. Not Hans Zimmerman. No, it's Hans Zimmer, the guy who did Pirates of the Caribbean. But... There's no parts of the Caribbean, no Man of Steel in this. This is a James Bond movie, and more importantly than that, this movie sounds like essentially he stole all the music from the old James Bond, specifically from one movie. Because most of the music is from that one movie, except for the opening theme, which was done by Billie Eilish. And we're going to get to that in a couple of minutes. Uh, last bit of news this was released by mgm studios released uh september 28th 2021 in the uk it was released over here in the u.s in october 8th 2021 it's got a runtime of 163 minutes it was made for about 300 million and it made 600 million so i think it it felt like a perfect runtime i felt like it wasn't too short it wasn't too long it was like it went quick yeah it was highly enjoyable so now that we talked about the basics, let's get into some of the cast. First off, we have Dolly Benchali as Primo, who is a just random villain who's kind of... He's the hench of the movie, and he's pretty kind of just... Eh. His whole gimmick is that he has a prosthetic eye, and it looks bad. His whole gimmick is the prosthetic eye? Remember his whole gimmick is he's a, he has the one eye that's messed up, which is a reference to the other thing. Well, it's a highly technical prosthetic eye. It's a little Pirates of the Caribbean. This one's not wood. It's highly super technic. Wait, is it a gadget? It is a gadget, but he's but as a hench, he's terrible. He's got no one-liners. No, see, I liked him as a hench because he was kind of sniveling. He, he didn't. Was... He had no lines. He didn't do anything. He was just there. He betrayed one group for the other group. He was a turncoat. Yes. Yeah. And you compare him to all the other henches a... we've had. Okay, what's okay? Maybe not a hench. What Jepson and someone from the original animated Cruella Deville. What would you consider them? They're, they're not. Hen- they're henches. He's that kind of hench to me. He's an incompetent hench. Well, not he's not incompetent, but he's not like high level. But he's like higher up than the guy on the corner with a gun. Like he's 
on the outskirts of the inner circle. He's, he's supposed to be a lieutenant. He's not a good lieutenant. I mean, he's he does his job, but he straight up sells out everybody immediately. He's like, yep, I'm going to sell you guys out because I don't care. But we digress. So next we have Roy Kinnerman back again as Bill Tanner. And this time it's good to see him back and a little melancholy as well because this may be his last film. We're not entirely sure. And this time he's well done as we've seen him grow up and now he's like the old statesman now. It's He's been around for a while and since we had the seven year jump, he's now, yes sir. He's no longer the, I've got to cover the new M's ass. Now it's just, they're a well-oiled machine. And while M takes care of all the administrative work, it is Bill Tanner's job to take care of everything else. He is the equivalent of if M is Lord Grantham, Bill Tanner is now the Carson. He, For those of you who don't know Downton Abbey, he's the butler. He's in charge of everything. So here's the thing about that. So, you know, here's the, th- the thing with that is, is he, he is a good Carson and he is the support system, but he's still in charge of stuff. Yeah, and he will... People have to answer to him. It's no, it's he's not just the yes, ma'am. Whatever you say, ma'am. It's I have my thing to do, but then I like I will make sure that that happens, but I won't do it myself. Yes, he deals with that, and I think that he has come a long way since we first met him. Like I said, agreed. It's a shame because this is probably the last film for a lot of these actors because we're gonna get a new Bond. No, I don't want it to be the last one. But we're gonna have to wait and see who the new setup is. Hopefully, they keep Rory. I don't know if they will though. Next, we have David Dinchik as Valdo Obruchev, who is the generic evil scientist who ends up disappearing and setting off half of the story. And they always have an evil scientist that mysteriously disappears. He reminds me of a worse Alan Cummings from Goldeneye. Boris. He seems like a yeah. worse... Like, but he's more dangerous than Boris because Boris is... I am a hacker. This guy created a, a virus that'll kill everybody. Which is the MacGuffin of the movie is a virus that will infect specific people. Is what? that too spoiler? No, we can give basics about it. Not so, too much but he... He's interesting on when he flips. How often he flips. And he's... Way better than Boris, but you're right. It's like he has his own idea, and he's just finding the right person to like help carry it out. No, he flips the one time, but it's just because he knows that th- that another party is going to kidnap him. They say, "Look, the other party is going to kidnap you. You know what you have to do." So he's set to to play all the sides, which is a pretty good spy. But he was very sibling, and he did what when he made that statement for his his exit. He totally deserved that. A hundred percent. That was a, oh, no, you didn't. It was a huge, oh, no, you didn't. Um, not to spoil anything, but that's a, I'm going to take my earrings off and take my shoes off and I'm going to knock you the f- out. The, the titas in Hawaii, they would have like put the bun up <laughs> in their hair. The slippers would have been kicked off and it would be on yeah so anyway next we have Ana de Armas as Paloma who is a new CIA agent who just started who is actually really good at her job she's 
great at everything, but she's a little clumsy and forgetful because she's super excited for starting her gig. And she's beautiful. She the, I think the best supporting character in this movie because she is very fun and she feels like she should have her own movie. She's super bubbly. She's she could definitely and she kicks ass and she t- oh my goodness she kicks ass I want to do whatever okay I don't want to do her workout but I want to do whatever workout she's been doing but she can kick ass and she looks gorgeous and she's flexible her dress is absolutely killer I think that she's better than a couple of the other characters in this movie and it's because she just she has less time than the other characters, but she does more and she's more clever with it and she remembers little things. And to top it off, there's a moment where she... Yeah, like she like multitasks while fighting. Where James kind of hits on her and she's like, no, 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 we're not doing this. But I like it. She's like... It's not rude. It's just kind of like, no, you thought this? No, no, no. And then I like it when she's like in the middle of fighting and whoops, you know, and like super bubbly and ditzy, but not in a disparaging way and somehow kind of a feminine empowerment way and then she like sees the cigar she grabs it she's like you said you needed to give it one here you go like she's a like a secretary that's also a ninja she's how many pennies should have been she's totally a secretary that's kind of a ninja she's yeah she's like the cia equivalent to many penny but much better if they had a spin-off television show based on her i would so watch it yeah I think that she's probably the best Bond girl we've had in a while. Like, if it was without the other plot, the other t- plot, she would have been a good love interest for James. She was... Or a, a good Bond girl as opposed to... She was just... And she would have kind of been the one who would have probably slept with Bond and then not gotten her heart broken. And he no, would she No, I think she wouldn't have slept with him at all. Been like, no, we're not doing this. But they would have been friends. Yeah, probably. But she... She was an excellent Bond girl. And, like, everything from her look, her attitude, she, like, comes off ditzy, but she's really smart. She's very, almost too strong with her kicks. I don't see how a 40-pound woman can, like, give a kick that hard. Obviously, an exaggeration. I don't mean she's actually 40 pounds. But, like, she had the, she was the total package. She was beautiful, ditzy, bubbly, fun, charismatic. And I can't say enough about that dress. That dress was sexy. And Wow. Yep. So speaking of the Havana scene, we have to bring up someone who returned from Spectre. Brigitte Millar returns as Spectre Chief Dr. Vogel from Spectre, who you brought up last time because she's bringing up her whole that we've taken over all the, the prostitution rings. And she's back again, but this time she's running a party. And we're seeing her more... But it's not just a party. It's like well. a... It's a party, but it's a meeting. It's a gathering. It's, and it's a, a trap. And it's a, it's 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 a, it's a trap. It's totally a trap. But it's also kind of like the opera where they all had their secret meeting. Met meets that horrible meeting in that weird random building. Yeah, but combined. seeing her back again was pretty a nice little touch. And speaking of Spectre, we got to bring up high level, high level. Equal opportunity, high-level, bad female, meaning there's a lot of female empowerment. Who would have thought they would have gotten this much female empowerment in a James Bond movie? But way there, to go. There are statements that we'll make in a bit about that, especially because of thoughts. But let's get to the big guy. Yes, Christoph Waltz is back again as Ernst Stavro Blofeld. But this time, he is much better. They t- probably said, you did this wrong. This was Blofeld. It's... 
He's currently stuck in prison, but he's still running Spectre from in the prison. It's With of... no contact to the outside world, how is he doing it? It's genius. How he does it is genius. It's like how in the Daredevil season two and season three, uh, Wilson Fisk is running his entire mob from the prison. And he's like, tell, tell, ask anybody in prison. They'll deny it. Mm-hmm. Bribe anyone. They'll cut their throats before they talk. Yeah, that's how Blofeld is in this, and he's very Hannibal Lecter-esque. And he's only in the movie for a little bit, but it's really good to see. But the him little bits that he's in there is powerful. And it's a shame. He's such a great actor. It's a shame that what happened happened because it. No spoilers. No spoilers. But this is gonna. It's again another actor who I hope they bring back in some iteration or somehow because he does a great job as Blofeld. Now he is Blofeld. He it's. I also like the meeting of the him and James. It's like the sibling rivalry. It's like this is. But he's more criminal mastermind now. Oh, a hundred percent. But he still does the. But I'm still. I'm still a brother, and we rib each other. And he like he 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 still. So I like the dynamic now, but it's much better than the... the. It's more developed. He had more to do here in the five minutes he's in than in the hour he's in the other movie. Agreed. Anyway, someone else we have, I cannot forget, Billy Magnuson as Logan Ash, who is the new CIA agent who is working with Felix Leiter. He's a new guy who's kind of incompetent. He's a little snivelly. He smiles too much. He... He's, he's like the guy who's like, yeah, no one knows I'm in the CIA. It's like... Everyone knows you're in the CIA, dude. It's like the guy who holds the headset in his ear. He's like, put your hand down. You look like an idiot. Like, it's like you're giving off too many red flags. But then we have that other thing with him, which is going on that's very Mysterio-esque. And you're like, oh. So you wonder if that was all a... Uh, uh... And that's the hard thing, because as a proud American, it's hard to see how the CIA is portrayed in 007 movies. I mean, it doesn't bother me that much. It's Queen and Country. It's Go England. It's all of that. And I get it. But I, I don't like when but not it's all, a bad guy. Isn't no, it? but on that level, we have Felix Leiter, Jeffrey Wright back again. And Felix Ryder is awesome and a great partner. And James loves him and he loves James. Like, And this is a shame because just like in License to Kill. But they always make the CIA not as good. They're best friends. And it's like it's like they've only been together like three but, times. But they're like buddy, buddy. But like, there's a respect because nobody understands their job better than somebody who's also in their job. No yeah. one else will ever understand it. Like they have that relationship because of that. Do you think that this Felix Leiter would have made James his best man like Oh, 100%. The other one? 100%. Cuz I love that in License to Kill. That is the opening is it's his wedding and then all everything goes to hell. This one it's Felix and him are buddy buddy needs like, "Hey, we thought you were you were gone. We want to hire you because you're no longer with MI6." So come join our team. And technically he does for a little bit, which is kind of, in the, it was a little bit longer, like he was there a couple months, but again, we digress. Fe- Jer- Jeffrey Wright is back, and I love how he's doing. Unfortunately, now we have to wonder what he's going to do next, because he's been in every franchise possible at this point. Because next he has Batman, he's the Watcher in What If, he is in Westworld. Um, what will he do next? Who knows? Who knows what Jeffrey Wright will do with his dulcet voice that is so watcher-esque with his what if what if 
he's just so he's so cool he i mean he's busy he's busy because he's a great actor and he's got the voice and he can do like he's got a face for movies and television but he's got the voice for radio too like I'm just excited to I'm see happy him. that he's working so much. I'm sure he's... There's going to be a period where we don't see anything of him because he worked so much, he's going to need a break. Well, hopefully after the Batman he has a break because he's playing Commissioner Gordon. Oh, he's going to be a kick-ass Commissioner Gordon. Yes, he is. Well, next we have returning and for her last stint as this character, Naomi Harris as Eve Manypenny. No, this can't be her last time. I love her as Manypenny. I know, I know, but this is her last time. She's had three outings as many Penny, and I gotta say, she's okay, slight to the character. Slight spoiler: she, but not really. She is in cahoots with James, like secretly from MI Six, and she does a really good job. I like her as like a. She's like an ultimate good guy and did you see her at the world premiere in london she looked with exception of the weird chain thing on her head she looked beautiful i want her as many penny just one more time or or maybe she could be many penny's boss no that's m and i don't think they're gonna make her m i don't think they're gonna go back it's a shame and i know many penny that starts with an m i know it does but I don't think it's going to be. I place. like her. I, I love her, is it? I like what she did in this. I like that she is co- kind of helping uh, James with stuff. But, yeah. So, anyway, let's get on to the next member of MI6. We have Ben Wishaw back as Q. This is officially his final film. He admits it's his final film. No, it can't be his final. He's too young. He says he's done with it. No. Which is a shame. But I like that one, they've established more about him. We learn about his personal life. I hope that's just a ploy for him to get more money for the next it's film. Not. He's uh, he's an artist. Damn it. He's gonna. But I like that they, one, establish that he has his own life. He has a boyfriend that's supposed to come to dinner when he's supposed to do something. He's like, I gotta do this. And we see his cat. We see his cats. And then more importantly than that, he learned from his mistake with Silva. He has a computer that's on a private server that doesn't mess with anything. That he can put things into that's not going to screw everything yeah, else he's up. Like, he's, like, he's like, oh, you have this file? Um, he has his own closed server that's just going to be like, this is the one We're going to put it in this. I like that he's learned from his mistakes. I, I really like what they've done with his character. I feel like out of all of the cues... And no, 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 out no. of no, 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 hear me out. Out of all of the cues, I feel like this is the most personal we get into Q's life, yes. Q's life. And I and I like how they did it. I feel like they covered a lot of ground without making the movie 40 hours. They do cover a lot with this. And also, I do like, and this is a slight spoiler, is that um, Q seeing by like, oh, James, it's been so long. We know he's staying at your house. <laughs> we know he's staying. He, but he's such a bad actor. Like, he's trying. He's trying to do the right thing. But there's a reason why he's the guy with the computer and the tools and he's stuff. Not and not spot. in the film. Because he's like, oh, I've never seen you. How have you been these past many years? Unlike Major Bruthroy, who was totally like he knew his stuff and he was a spy, even though he was a really bad looking spy, like dressing up as a Mexican looking really <laughs> racist. Oh, Desmond Llewellyn, you would be proud. 
But I, they did, they did a really good job with giving us more of his personal life, his background, his, you, you feel like you're in the inner circle. Like these are real people. Yes. We get more of them as, and we've grown with them. And I do, that's one thing I do like about the fact that it's a sequel is we've grown with these characters. And They've given more layers to the onion. Which is great, but we got that in the original series, but so far this little enclosed universe is, but anyway. Uh, next we have Lashana Lynch as Nomi slash 007. Yes, the person who everyone's been complaining about because, oh, they made a female 007. Well, okay, so there nobody was going to like the female 007 just because of the whole idea, the whole franchise. There was haters on Daniel Craig in the very beginning. She did a good job. Girlfriend did a good job. She did a good job. She's no Paloma, but she did a good job. And it's she's not a sex object. She is a confident agent who but does she, her job. She knows and, her sexuality and can use it just like any double. And she takes the piss out of James like no tomorrow. There's a pissing contest between both of them about things back and forth. And, and she's strong and confident and beautiful and... She's got an ego like only a double O would have. Would have. Like I I thought they nailed it. I think she nailed it. I want to see her in more stuff. Maybe not as Nomi, because Nomi, I just was I like the concept, I like the character, but I think that she could do more. They had just introduced her. They did just introduce her, but I would like and to see her. And then there was that her. tension between James and her. But that and was but that was a tension of just rivalry. It wasn't a But it wasn't just rivalry. It's oh I they didn't retire number. I got your number. You thought they'd retire it? Like I'm better than you. I'm the newer version of you. And he's like, Well there's they had to the only reason you're here is because I stepped down and he was always really respectful and then there's that moment when she's really respectful, but there's that that ego that a double O needs. But she wasn't respectful to the last minute of it and it's No, she was respectful, but she was pushing the envelope. Like, oh, it doesn't matter, but who who are you talking about? And and, and how are you doing, old man? And it's like, oh Right. But again, digress. Next we have Rami Malik as our villain, Lucifer. Safin, who is not Dr. No, just for non-spoilers, he is yep. He is not Dr. No. He is his own villain, and he's actually was mentioned in the last film subtly. And as a villain, he's okay. As an actor. No, as an actor, he's great, but as he's a, exceptional because you don't see Queen. What's his name? You don't see him doing um uh, Freddie Mercury. No, he's not Freddie Mercury. But, and I like that there's like this Asian inspired, silent, respectful, everybody's terrified of him. Like, I thought they did a good build up for him. And what I like is he's a supervillain that nobody else heard about. He is. He's his own unique supervillain. However, and this is a shame, he kind of lacks punch. And it's a shame because as a final outing, you expect more. And while, yes, he has something truly horrific that he does, he just, something is, he's not as grandiose as we would have hoped. He's lacking but something. But when they've made 
the villain grandiose. It's been too over the top and comedic and Goldfinger, Trevelyan, uh, Silva. Which one was Tria- Trevelyan? Sean Bean and Goldeneye. Oh, those are not over the top, and they were grandiose. They worked. They could have done that with him, but they, he was understated. Also, his speaking was a little. It was cool, but he was very at times. You're like, what? What did he say? Like, because he talks very low. He's, but to command great presence, you don't have to yell. True, but there are times he didn't. He seemed to fade in the background a little too much. However, but that's the thoughts of Rami Malek. Next, we have... Um, I like him as a villain. Lee Sudo back again as Dr. Madeline Swan. Eh. She's back again as the love interest from the last movie. And... I like her. I think they did a good job with her. She's kind of got that eastern european slash wholesome look for me i think she's double the closest that a double o movie can have to a girl the girl next door so if america has the classic girl next door that's who i think she is in the double o but she's a spy though she's a she's a she's a spy and the whole thing is that did she betray james did she not betray james that's the opening sequence of this movie is is she a traitor is she not and it just but for me that's i mean some people say that she's not sexy enough and i don't think that's it at all i don't think it's her, her appearance i don't think i just think that the character in general that's something but I inherently like wrong that you with don't this know. character i like that you don't know because in my mind you're you're when we watch the movie i'm james bond and it's it's first person kind of even though we see him and it's not just Blair witching it, kind of, you know. I feel like I am James Bond when I'm watching this movie. And so when I see her and I don't know, did she betray me? Did she not betray me? Can I trust her? Can I not trust her? Like, that's what he's feeling in the moment. So I thought that was kind of cool. But that's me. I could, I can respect your, your feelings, but I just felt like there's something off about her that I'm not vibing on. However, I do vibe her as a therapist. I vibe her as a mother. Because the next actress is only in the movie for a little bit. And that is... We're talking about... Lisa Dora Sonnet as Mathilde. Who is just a precocious little girl. And she speaks only French. And she likes her doo Which is apparently a bear, even though the bear is a bunny. Which is kind of confusing. Yeah, but you can call your stuffed animal Teddy, and it's kind of weird. But she is in the movie. She is, um, you know, she's Doctor Malin Swan's daughter, and she's a little kid. There's nothing. She she does a good job. She's not the kid who's the over actor. She's not a. Oh, she's this kid's going places. Hopefully, we'll see. This may be the only movie that she does. We don't know. It's for me. It's reminiscent of Drew Barrymore and E.T. Like, Maybe. wow, she nailed it. Yeah, I can see that. And then finally we have Daniel Craig as James Bond, and James has gone a long way. This is now... He's no, retired. This is no longer the James who is, I am a blunt killing machine. This is James who is making breakfast for a small child. But he's also... He's soft. He's also highly... He's not... He hasn't gone soft, though. 
Like when we're introduced to him on his little where he's retired, he has all of the things in place for security and. But he's he's a softer James. Like he's kind of become more like he's not the I'm just going to kill you. You're just an unfeeling machine. There's one moment that I really want to talk about, but it's spoilery. It is, and he is more caring. He he's in it. He is. My point is, he is not the hard rock. That had no feelings. That was an emotionless killing machine. He is now a fully developed character, and we've gone through the whole which confirms story with him. which confirms that he needed to retire because you can't have a heart and be a 007. That is true, and that is one of the things with this film is what happens with that. And to explain the basics of this movie, now that we've gone over all the characters. Basic plot of this is that. After Spectre, James and Madeline were going to go off in the sunset, and then things go wrong. They split up. Madeline disappears, and James ends up going. And she may or into, may not have well sold him out. Yeah, may may or may not have sold him out. James is now in exile in maybe Jamaica, maybe Cuba. We're not entirely sure. Some nice warm island with a great. Bar and yeah, he's become just essentially a bachelor who sits there, does nothing. Felix comes, says, We need he doesn't do nothing, he drinks a lot of alcohol. That is very true. He does drink a lot of alcohol, but he's not an alcoholic like he's been in earlier yeah, like, films. If I he can't be an organ donor, there's no way his liver they said that he, his, his liver was shot to shit like years ago. But so Felix shows up in his town and says, Listen, we know you're no longer working for MI6. I'm working for the CIA. We got a job for you. This Russian scientist in Britain disappeared. We need you to find him. This has to deal with Spectre. At first, he's like, yeah, no. 007, the new one shows up, kind of says, you, you shouldn't deal with this. Stay away from this and kind of eggs him on. So James is like, fuck it. I'll do it. He ends up going to Havana, finds out more of what's going on and discovers this because like the cia kind of like cowboys because they're american and they don't have the same rules that mi6 has so he james knows what the new 007 where her hands are tied and what she can and cannot do and he's like yeah i'm gonna go over here and do it my way haha and he does it and he discovers and does it well this horrible plot involving a virus that may or may not kill people and a villain who's going to in be causing problems. In a really horrific, very fast way. Yeah, it's actually really horrific. And that's one of the interesting parts. The middle kind of slows down severely. Because then we get him going back to England. Him having to go back to MI6. Because stuff happens. And it's him coming to terms yeah, with there's kind of a everything time going jump. on. And more importantly than that, this is the end of Daniel Craig is James Bond. This is his last film. He said that repetitively, and this movie is a definite end to this version of James Bond. And to go with Jeffrey Wright's other character, The Watcher, this is just one universe. We're closing the shop, and now we're probably going to look into another universe for James Bond. And I, but I thought Daniel Craig did a really great job. He did an amazing job with this film. And as a swan song for James, I have to say this was really well done. And he's the best part of the movie. Uh, his interaction with the characters, uh, like we said, uh, Lashana Lynch does a great job. Uh, Anna de Arma is the one who steals the show. Rami Malek, he's kind of the weak point. 
it sucks, but he's the weakest link. He's good, but he's the weakest link out of all the actors. And there are some other elements that we really would love to talk about where we're not Out of all the actors or out of all the characters? Uh, I think he's a weak link in character-wise. But as an actor, I thought he did a great job. Character and actor go hand in hand, though. But anyway, so that is our point with the synopsis of the plot because we don't want to get any further. It just there are some great set pieces in this film. It's definitely worth watching. I think it's definitely worth watching more than once. We're we're gonna get. Yeah, I do agree. It is worth watching more than once. It is a it is a good film. It's gonna be definitely in our collection because we are Bond fans. Out of the, well, we'll get to our, our feelings about where this rates in a little bit. Let's get into some just last minute notes. Uh, we can't forget about the music in this movie, and Hans Zimmer does a great job in this. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Hans Zimmer, he did Pirates of the Caribbean. He did most of the Josh Whedon Justice League movies. He's doing the upcoming Dune soundtrack, so all the background music. And he's generally known for French horns and lots of wham and other things. Which is like all the horns and everything is just such a great job with but, 007. But this one, there are no, the horns are not there. This feels like this was the old John Barry soundtrack. Specifically, and this is slight spoilers, a lot of the music was taken from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. The opening theme song we hear before the actual theme, the first song we hear, is Donna la Vela Endormine by the French singer Dalida, which was from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. A song that shows up constantly is We have all the time in the world. Or like, huh, this isn't oddly familiar. But the movie's called No Time to Die. True, and that sets up so And there's so things. much, like, time references. There's lots of references to Honor Majesty's Secret Circus in this yes. movie. There are so many that are like, oh my god, this there's is... There's a lot of nods. And then let's actually talk about the other thing, the opening theme. Billie Eilish's No Time to Die. She knocks it out of the park. Yeah, That's completely. why she deserved to win the Grammy last year, because it is such a powerful and great song. And the opening sequence works so well. And if we didn't have Sam Smith's song, this would have been the perfect crescendo. If they had just a regular Bond song last year, like the Radiohead version, and then they went to this, it would have been perfect. It would have been perfect swing. But no, they don't do that. But this song, it's it's well executed. The visuals are great. And it fits because how the No Time to Die, how it opens. The song is talking about betrayal. And it opens after James kind of sends Madeline on a train and says, Get the hell out of here. I don't want to see you ever again. Yep. Like, I'm never going to see you again, which we know is not no, true. No, you'll never see me again. Yeah. But it's, the music is great in this. The gadgets in the movie, we have four James Bond mobiles. Yes. We got the yes, D- we do. We got the Aston Martin DB5. We have the Aston Martin V8 Vantage. We have the Aston Martin Valhalla in this movie. We have Smart Blood is back. Yep. We have... His new addition to the watch is it's a magnet, which actually has one of the best uses of a James Bond watch ever. I think it's better than the Moonraker usage, even though I hated the Moonraker watch so much. But I I think it's the best. And yeah. It, and it leads to one of the best puns ever. And there was another watch where the movie where they're climbing up the side of the rock to the. Oh, yeah. And it has the piton in it. Yeah. This one's. 
really good. Uh, other thing is there's the Qdar, which is just radar, but it's Q. Yep. That was kind of clever. And then the virus itself is actually really clever. It's something which is very different. And, and the hench's powerful. eye. Oh, yes. The henchman and Blofeld's eye are cybernetic. Yes, the eye that we were co- complaining about last episode, it's a cybernetic eye now. And yep. it's kind of cool how it is. It's like using the eye to select stuff, which is really weird doing that. Looking, I'm guessing you have to move the pupil around to, to access it or muscles. Don't know. But really cool. Was there any other gadgets that were in the movie? I'm trying to think. Oh, there was the glider. The glider with no engine, which was kind of very... That's a real thing, though. Yeah, but last time, first time we saw that was Escape from New York. Remember, that was the thing he was using in Escape from New York, was that glider to get into New York. So, it's been done before. So, yeah. There's a um, panic room, secret room. But the panic room we knew about. That was was from last movie we knew about pan- the panic room. The Mr. White panic room. Yes, Mr. White is back. Kind of. In a weird sort of way. Because it's Mr. White. Yep. And I think that's it for that element. The only other thing we can say is that the movie was pretty well done. It's well executed. How There are issues with the movie. The opening is a great sequence. The ending is heartbreaking. The middle drags. The middle, there's a, a, a bit of it where it just kind of slows down. Not in a bad way, but just kind of slows a little bit more than you'd expect. You feel the blow. But you need a pause to have a build otherwise it's just like amped up all the time no you do but there's like movies where you'll watch it and you'll see the two two and a half hours see i don't feel like you won't feel it i didn't i didn't feel it dragged i felt it dragged a little bit but either way so out of the first out of the five james bond daniel craig films this one's slap in the middle this is the middle one out of the five, this is the middle. You think this is the middle? I think this is the middle because... What's above it? Uh, Casino Royale and Skyfall. See, for me, this could be better than Skyfall. Really? Yeah. I think just because... And I don't know if it's because I get all of the Easter eggs. Like, I feel like, ooh, this must be how... Oh, we didn't even bring up the fact that there are tons of Easter eggs in this movie that are so great besides the music ones. There are visual cues. Two things. One, keep an eye on M's office. You're going to see something really awesome in that. And uh, there's a sequence which totally makes the gun barrel sequence amazing. But I feel like... This must be how it is for you to watch a Marvel movie. Mm, like, because, no, but you recognize all the little tiny Easter eggs. And I'm like, I recognize all the tiny Easter eggs. We've gone through all the Bond movies together. True, but I've been a huge Bond fan before. There wasn't a single Bond movie that I hadn't seen. True. So, but I, I don't, for me, this could be better than Skyfall. I don't know. Because Skyfall is my top. You're saying Casino Royale is your top. Yeah. So I'm kind of, we're, we're kind of, I still think that comparatively, this is number three. This is, it's better. It's still a great movie. Don't get me wrong. It's still up there in the James Bond films. But out of the, the five movies, this is middle of the ground. Now, if we're talking about all James Bond movies, we're talking all of them, all 25 movies, not including, I would say never. That makes is, it hard. This is where it gets kind of dicey. Definitely top 10. 
I don't think it's top. Well, actually, give me a second. I will get my list out now. One moment. Do, 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 do. So, it's not better than Goldfinger. It's not better than You Only Live Twice. Not better than Spy Who Loved Me. Not better who Dr. No. You're saying it's better than Skyfall and Casino Royale. It's not better than Casino Royale for me. I think it's better than Skyfall for me. Is it me, better but... than, than Goldeneye? No. I think... That's where, because I have Skyfall Goldeneye. higher up than Goldeneye. Yeah. So we'll take Skyfall out of the equation. Um, so it's you're saying better than Live and Let Die? Yes. I'll give it bigger. I will agree with you. It's better than Live and Let Die. Because they actually do a lot of other themes as well in this that we didn't bring up. The fact that there's no, not, there's no sexualization in this movie. There's none of the, oh, he's going to be a rapist guy. It's no, the women are all powerful. They're not sex objects. I mean, they're sexy. No, but, but they're, they're sexy, right. But they're not sex objects. There's no misog- They tone down the misogyny severely. They got rid- That might be why... That's why you like it more because of that. I mean, at that subconsciously, maybe. So I, I will say better than Live and Let Die, even though I think The Man with Golden Guns is a better movie, but that's because that's my guilty pleasure. But I'll say that. So we're going to say No Time to Die officially is going to be number 8 out of 25. Yeah. I kind of want to argue it, but... For I, me, it's... Yeah, I like 8. It's 8... And then for villains, where would you put Safin? I think his idea... He's higher up for me than he is for you. I think he's high up, but he's not super high up. I mean, he's not... I don't think he's better than Raul Silva. I think Raul Silva is still best villain of the... Raul Silva and Lashif are better than him. Lashif, yeah. Lashif, both the villain and Hench. Yes, but we have so we and we have a big disparity between them. So I would say he's under Lashif above Sanchez. I agree. So he's pretty he's not he's middle of the road. He's number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. He's number ten. I think villain number ten, movie number eight is appropriately ranking. As for Hench I think that uh, Prima, a.k.a. Cyclops, I think he's lower than Elvis. Yeah. I think Elvis, and Elvis was ridiculous. Elvis is like our bottom of the barrel. This is a bad hench. Like, you compare him to all the other henches, he's not like, he's like, yeah, he has the big eye. Yes, he has one of the best deaths ever, but as a hench goes? No, I agree. Yeah, I think he's below Elvis, above the three. He could guys. do a crossover and jump into like the Bourne franchise. Yeah, he's a Bourne villain. He's yeah. not a he's not a yeah. Bond hench. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. He's kind of low there. Yeah, I agree. And then for the theme song itself, this one is top tier. This is probably number six. Yes. I th- it's better than Man with the Golden Gun. It's. Is it better? No, actually, no. Is it better than View to a Kill? Yeah, I think it's better than View to a Kill, but yes. not as good as Nobody Does It Better. I think this is number five. I think it could be better than Nobody Does It Better. You think so? 
Yeah. Actually, you're right. I, I'll give you that. But not as good as the top three. The top three, I think, are cemented. Yeah, so what, four? Yeah, because right now our top three are GoldenEye. Our GoldenEye's number three, Live and Let Die number two, and then Goldfinger number one. Yep. I think this is, a, is number four. Yep. So that's solid for us, and that's our point. So overall, this is a bar from a friend and don't return unless offered a Vesper Martini. It's really good. There are some issues with it, with bloating. The villain, not that gr- not is good, but he's not super great. But more importantly than that, what they do with the ending will either make you really, really excited, no, really content, or will piss you off. Or it'll make you cry like the little girl that you are in the movie theater. That's the problem, is that this is a very divisive film, which is a problem. The way it ends is very... It makes sense. And as a film goer, it makes sense, but... I don't want to talk too much about it. We're not going to talk about it, but if you it's been spoiled for you, you know what we're talking about. Um, Unfortunately, we don't have... So, spoiler alert, there's a big thing that happens at the end. Most movies, there's something big that happens at the end. That's why I said it that way. True. But I think that's it for this episode and for our James Bondathon. We may go back and actually talk about uh, Casino Royale. I say that this is, you say borrow from a friend and less offered a Vesper Martini. You think this I is say, a really, really, really? I say stop what you're doing now and go see it in theaters. So you think it's really, really, really fucking Yes. Cool. Really, really, really effing cool. Take a box of tissues. I liked it. No, I, I love the movie. I just, it's, I got to think about it over all the movies. I got to think about all the James Bonds and what we've gone Overall through. rating. That's where my overall Because overall, is. I'm thinking about all the James. Yeah, but we rated it, but I'm saying that's my rating for the movie. Oh, for the movie itself? Actually, yeah. It is, as a move, as a standalone movie, it is a really, really, really fucking cool. Yeah. But as a James Bond film, and specifically in the order, it is a borrow from a friend and don't return it. It's really good. There are issues with it. And as the whole James Fran- James Bond franchise, it's a great film. And it's a great swan song. For and I will agree him. with you on that rating as a Bond film because I feel to really appreciate this, you have to see all the Daniel Craig movies. Which is a shame. If so you- it feels like like it's not a true standalone. Which is the problem with the, fr- the Craig franchise is you have to watch it all in order. You can't just jump into it. Thus proving Sean Connery is the best 007 because all of his movies, you didn't have to see the other ones. He's no, a true perfect James Most of James the Bond. other ones, you didn't have to see someone else. You could watch them in any order you wanted, except for Daniel Craig. He's also, except for Daniel Craig, but he's also Sean Connery. He will always be my James Bond. Yes. And this movie was dedicated to both of them because we've lost two James Bonds in the last two years. I don't want to talk about that either. I know. We don't want to bring up that we've lost the OG. We lost Sean and we lost Roger. So all that's left is George, Timothy, Just truly and amazing. Pierce, and Daniel. Amazing bonds, amazing actors. Now we have to wait to see where we're going to go next. Who is yes. the next James Bond? What do you think? Let us know. But remember, like and subscribe. Let us know what you thought about uh, No Time to Die if you did see it. I think that's it for this episode as usual i am zan i'm greta we're gonsville catch you guys next time and never stop watching bond movies they're yes. amazing this has been a great experience we may do this with another franchise maybe universal monsters next 
You can watch the old Dracula. Yeah, yeah, I mean, put it in the comments. Is there another franchise that you guys want us to go through the entire franchise? It's got the the deal is it has to be more than six movies, and it can't be Marvel because we already did the Marvel. Uh, put it in the comments. We'll take it into consideration. All right, we are gone. So we'll catch you guys next time, and keep watching fun movies. See you later.
Why would I betray you? We all have our secrets. We just didn't get to yours yet. The world is arming faster than we can respond. Where's 007? I need a favor, brother. You're the only one I trust for this. The world's moved on, Commander Bond. You a double O? Two years. So stay in your lane. You get in my way. I will put a bullet in your knee. The one that works. I thought you two would get along. Name? Bond. James Bond. So you're not dead. Hello, Q. I've missed you. It's the most valuable asset this country has. If you feel yourself losing control, I'm not going to lose. Control. James, you gave up everything for her. When her secret finds its way out, it'll be the death of you. What is it? You don't know what this is. James Bond. License to kill. History of violence. I could be speaking to my own reflection. Only your skills die with your body. Mine will survive long after I'm gone. History isn't kind to men who play God.